This is the Portside Pod, the official podcast of the Stockton Ports. I'm the voice of the Ports, Alex Jensen, and on today's episode, we welcome right field Will, Will McNeil, who gives the background behind the left and right field bleacher groups at the Coliseum, ranks his favorite major league ballparks, tells us what he misses most about being at Banner Island Ballpark, and much more. During these trying times, Chase Chevrolet is still open and here to serve you. With their Easy Pass service, you can shop online and have your new pre-owned vehicle delivered right to your door. Learn more at chasechevrolet.com slash easypass. You know him as Right Field Will. He's Will McNeil uh, joining us here on Portside Pod. Few we- well, a few months actually without baseball now, Will. How are you holding up? I'm going crazy about it, man. It's is uh, I never thought we'd ever go through something like this, and this was a strike year, which who knows? Hopefully, we don't have to go through that in two years. But uh, yeah, this is terrible. I miss the ballparks, all of them. I miss being with my friends, miss hearing you on the radio, miss hearing King Korak on the A's. It's just, it's been a tough time. Well, at least you're decked out right now, man. I mean, we got the green A's jersey, we got the the road A's cap. I love it. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm baseball 24-7, 365, or in some cases, 366. So, I mean, you'll never get me out of my attire. But, yeah, it's, it's tough not being at the ballpark wearing this and waving a flag and hearing the drums. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, you know, for baseball fans, it's, it's hard not to be, like, all doom and gloom about this stuff, right? Because you hear about what's going on, the two sides leaking back and forth, and baseball had this opportunity to be the first board back, and now – as, as you alluded to, like, this could leak into 2021. The CBA obviously ends after the 2021 season. So kind of what type of place do you go to when, when you know, you, you hear the news about baseball, especially what, what happened yesterday with Rob Manfred all of a sudden saying there may not be a season. Like, I mean, how do we feel better as baseball fans during this time right now? You really don't. It's um, it's absolutely insane how it's been like a it's been like the worst roller coaster ride you could ever imagine. You've done the ups and the downs more than anything you could ever imagine. With uh, one day you hear, oh, it's getting ready to come back. We're almost got a deal. Then it just blows up. Then you're going back down. Then Manfred during the draft going, well, we're 100% be back. And then all of a sudden yesterday he says, oh, there may not be a season at all. You go, it's like how do you go from last week saying 100% we're going to have baseball to nothing at all. I mean, it's just it's there's no way not to get absolutely just down on baseball because of it. America's pastime maybe turn into America's joke with everything that's going on. Oh, man, I mean, I don't think I could put it any better myself. The only hard thing for me as a baseball fan is is trying to understand and parse it out, like how much of these negotiation negotiations that each side leaks to the public is for real, and how much of it is like a negotiating ploy. But, it, you know, it feels like right now they're, it's almost they're, they're playing with the emotions of the fans a little bit. Oh, it's, you're being messed with in every darn direction. It's like a really bad, abusive relationship you can't get out of. That's the way it feels like almost right now. Uh, I mean, no matter what happens, you feel like you're just to get destroyed, your heart ripped out day after day with this. As soon as, and then as soon as it gets prepared, thinking it's going to get better, it gets ripped out again. Let me ask you this. Because baseball, we've already seen in the last 10, 15 years, they've fallen behind the NFL. They've fallen behind basketball in terms of TV ratings and attendance and so on and so forth. If there's no season this year, or if there's a shorter season, or if this leaks on to the next year, do you see fans coming back? Do you, I mean, how long will it take for fans to come back? I mean, knowing you, knowing me, we'll be back immediately. Like we'll be back, fans. without a doubt. But baseball needs that casual fan. 
They absolutely do. The hardcore fans like ourselves will be back without a doubt. I'm worried. It'll be like the 1994 strike all over again. How long it took a lot of people who used to be invested and loved the game to come back. It was thanks to ESPN and the other night bringing it back for us a little bit. The home run of the home run tour of '98 between McGuire and Sosa. You're gonna you almost need something like that to probably hook line sinker people back into baseball, because this going on, this isn't helping. I guess people still complain about the pace of play of baseball is a major issue as to why they don't want to go to games. Um, I mean, it's gonna be a major major hit to Major League Baseball and even probably trickle down to the minor leagues, unfortunately, to get people back to the stadiums because of uh, what's been going on. I'm glad you brought that pace to play up. Where, where do you fall on this? Because I, I always caught, kind of thought that the, like, you know, maybe the, maybe the mound visit thing works, but, you know, limiting mound visit works, but the intentional walk deal, like, I mean, I, I just don't know how effective that is. It's not going to change the, the pace of play. I mean, you're saving probably 22 seconds by, by not throwing the four balls outside the zone. Right. And I think part of the thing we love as baseball fans is, hey, we can go to a ball game and sit back in the sun and eat our hot dog and drink our beer and, and kind of have a conversation with the person next to us and tune in for every pitch. Right. You can you can do both. So I, where do you fall on like these these rule changes that baseball's implemented over the last couple of years? Oh, I'm I'm a purist. I hate all these rule changes they're trying to do. I mean, you even had the intentional like you even had wild pitches on intentional walks. I actually hate that element's not there now. You just throw your four little fingers out there, and it's like, oh, okay, take your base. I hate that rule. And then I was at the Arizona Fall League last year at Salt River Fields when they were testing out the robotic ump fire, and all oh, that was painful to see how off that thing was at times. We were having almost a half second delay before the umpire would be like, strike. So it's just it. Yeah, all the rule changes they're trying to do just it doesn't work in my opinion. Baseball is timeless. You don't need a clock. I I don't understand why we need clocks and everything and why everything needs to be sped up for the the younger generation it has to be on their phone every two seconds i don't get it just keep baseball the way it is it's been great for oh, 150 years let's not mess with it too much now well it feels like that way a little bit like the game has to police itself the guys playing the game have to police those things right we we, we don't need guys taking you know 40 seconds between pitches like that should be a, an intrinsic thing as a pitcher where you get the ball, you get back up on the mound. Like you said, we don't need a clock to tell us that. Oh, exactly. I mean, you go back and watch some of the older games they've been playing on TV here lately, like uh, like in the 72, 73, 74 World Series games they've shown on TV with the A's. They get the ball, and in like 10 seconds, they're already throwing it again next pitch. Like, it's amazing how then they just – you wanted the ball, throw it. Wanted the ball, throw it. And how quick that was. I mean, a lot of those games were only like two-and-a-half-hour games, if less than that. Or you need like a Mulder and Burley game and only took like an hour 48 on firework night. So you had to wait around longer for the firework show and you did the game itself. So you got to get pitchers in that mindset where they want to throw the ball as quick as they can. And sadly, I don't know. And then the guy stepping out of the box, they, if they somehow were able to limit guys stepping out of the box, that would be a game is up really quickly as well. Do you subscribe to the notion that maybe the home run has come back to bite baseball a little bit after that 98 season? Because with, with the home run, with guys – gearing themselves more to hit more home runs there's more strikeouts and there's less balls put in play which means you have less action on a pitch-to-pitch basis and also longer games because there are more pitches being thrown what do you think about that i agree with you there but i mean as they say in the commercials chicks dig the long ball and you know everybody in the stadium gets really up for that so i mean it hurts the game in a way but personally for me oh there's nothing better than a home run flying your face in the bleachers i love it 
Dude, is there a better baseball commercial than the than the Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, Chicks Dig the Long Ball? I think it was Nike. Amazing. There, there really isn't. There really isn't. They, I mean, the A's do some pretty damn good ones, but for a national commercial, that yeah. one nailed it perfectly. Nailed it. And I just love <laughs> when they're working out, and I think it was Maddox tells Glavin to step into it, Alice. Oh, I, I lose it every time. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great line. It's perfect. <laughs> if you're listening to this right now and you don't know what we're talking about, hit pause, go to YouTube, and search Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, Chicks Dig the Long Ball. It's amazing. You will not regret it whatsoever. One of the best ads you will ever see about baseball and just, just the comedy value in that commercial, priceless. All right, enough doom and gloom, man. I'm, I'm done talking about the whole labor negotiations. I mean, it, it's kind of like we, you know, as fans, we can't really avoid it. It's what's going on right now. But uh, how, how did you, how did the name right field will come to be about it? It's your Twitter handle. I think most people know where you sit, but if you can give us a rundown of how that came to be. I mean, I had to come up with a Twitter handle back when Twitter became really a thing. So all my friends were on it and they were getting after me for not being on it yet. And they were, they just basically told me associate what you, where you sit when your name and probably put your section in there. I'm like, that works. Anson Castaneris is probably the one that helped me the most with that. Somebody you know very well. Our guy Anson Castaneris, yes. Absolutely. I had to give him a shot for that. And just, yeah, so just, I just put RF Will 149 and everybody started calling me right field Will out there. They mainly just call me Will or some other wonderful, charming nicknames that I don't want to say because they like to mess with me every once in a while. And uh, yeah, just Orton's a right field Will 149 Twitter handle. And that's where it really came about. Not that creative, unfortunately, but uh, it works. How long has it, have the right and left field bleachers been a thing? I remember going to games when I was like in high school when the A's were legit in like, you know, 2000, 2001, 2003 and the drums. And I remember how much George Steinbrenner hated the drums. Uh, I know you told me you've been going to games, you know, regularly since 2005 in the, in the right field bleachers. But how long has that like been a thing? I mean, I, I was hoping to be part of the left field gang back in the day. They were shown on TV all the time. I thought it was so cool. I'm like, it's amazing that these people are there every day. Um, I sat on left field all the time. Got to know some of them a little bit. But uh, I know it's been going on at least since, oh, man, probably since the midnight. I mean, people have been sitting together out there since I think the team started all about. But this, this generation of A's fans that I know really well, they've been out there at least since two like 1999, 2000, and right field really became popular starting with the Matsui Land sign in 2011 and Balfour Rage and all Balfour that good Rage. stuff. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I've been with my group of friends since 05 and left field, I think, since about 2000. So is that kind of the deal? Like, did, did right field form as, like, almost a mirror image of, of left field? I mean, there were some people that were very hardcore sat in right field every game, but it was – a pat same same kind of passion left field had, but just kind of a smaller group per se, and then just started building over time. It was been a, I mean, it's all an organic thing. A lot of a lot of these people, I had no clue who they were, till I got to sit with them and everything else, and then just it kept growing. And we've all become such a tight knit group or family, or as we say, family, and it's been pretty great. That's the beauty of baseball too, is you get to go every day. I mean, every single day there's a ball game, and and most home stands run a week. So you see all your, all your friends for a week and road games. I mean, do you guys like gather and watch road games somewhere too? 
Oh, yeah, we tried to find uh, some downtown bars in Oakland to hit, or we hit Porky's uh, Pizza Palace in San Leandro. Mm-hmm. Try to find some local spots, help help them out, because I know local businesses could always use always use the pa- uh, patrons coming in, could always use the money, and we love helping them out any way we can. And, yeah, we make sure we take care of their bar uh, stock pretty good. Take me to Balfour Rage. How did that start? Ah, uh, good old Balfour Rage. My shoulders hurt for it now, but it was great <laughs> when I did it when I was younger. Um, 2011, we were not a very good team, as you know. It was uh, a pretty bad year. So one day he came out to pitch, and I was just trying to make everybody laugh out there. All 20 of us were in this bleep and right field that night. So I just started swinging my arms around like I was in a mosh pit against, I believe it was Minnesota. Just started swinging like crazy, and all my friends were laughing, loving it. So I was like, okay, I'll just do this every time Balfour pitches. And then it started slowly catching on. It was hilarious. All of a sudden, I looked to my left, looked to my right. Some of my buddies are then starting to do it, laughing as they do it. And then just you just saw it starting to grow till good old 162 in 2012. Almost the whole stadium was doing it when uh, we clinched the American League West. That was one of the coolest things. Like, wow, something I did to be funny turned into like a stadium phenomenon. It was hilarious. So, I mean, it, you said the word organic. I mean, that came about kind of organically then because I, like watching games on TV and going to games in 2011, 2012, uh, they'd always show you guys when Balfour came in, kind of the bobbing heads. Like, yeah, I remember you guys would go back and forth. You do the same thing for Sean Doolittle too, a few years later. Uh, but it's so cool that that came about like that 2012 season is one of the most magical seasons I can remember as a baseball fan. I remember my buddy going, I'm telling you, the A's have a shot this year. And I was like, no way. There's no way. Did you see what, you know, they didn't really add anybody. And you see what they did the year before. And I just remember that 2012 season. It was like, you know, I'm, there was the Brandon Inge Grand Slam uh, early, like early April. There were probably yep. 4,000 people at the stadium. Against, and it just against Toronto. Built, yeah, against Toronto, right. But it just kind of like, it kind of layered itself on top of each other. Um, so... What do you remember about that 2012 season? I, you know, we talked about the Balfour Rage and how it came to be, but that, that 2012 season for A's fans, had, again, I use the word magical. It's got to be one of the most magical times to be an A's fan. I wish I could bottle that season up and sell it to people because it's just, it was one of the great, it's just, it was just an adrenaline rush, a high the whole year. Like we started off slow, of course, but then everything started to change with that inch grand slam, and you just also saw the group just gel. Like Coco, Reddick, uh, Inge. I mean, Brandon, pick, Brandon Moss coming up from the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to see the emergence of Jared Parker as an ace when he came up from Sacramento. You just got to see everybody, how that team just gelled together and just, all oh, the walk-off after walk-offs. It was incredible. That Yankee series hitting two walk-offs with uh, Brandon Moss hitting one and Coco hitting one where you just, you heard Glenn Kuyper go, what is happening, Ray Fossey? I have no idea, Glenn Kuyper. It was one of the <laughs> Like, even the announcers were lost for words for it. It was, it was just a magic season that, oh, it's, I, I still remember it just fondly all the time. I always wish I could just go back to that year and just re- relive it a bit because it was such a great time. There was, you had that one, and then you had on the radio. Uh, and this is, this, this, is a, this is a constant theme in the A's radio booth, by the way. Walk-off capital. Oakland's the walk-off capital uh, of baseball, which was the Vince Catronio line. You, and the, both, the, both the TV, Glenn Kuyper and Ray Fossey, and the, uh, the radio line were – I mean, those kind of encapsulated the magic of that year. You said all the walk-offs. Like, you forget about all the walk-offs because you think about how this team was just kind of pieced together and not expected to do much of anything, and the Rangers were this juggernaut. And, uh, man, I just – I remember – I'll never forget where I was. 
Well, when, when, the, when the A's won the West, I was actually on a work trip. I was on the plane back from, I think I was in Dallas, actually, on the plane back from Dallas, and they were playing that day game when Hamilton dropped the pop-up. And I uh, bought Wi-Fi for like 20 bucks so I could listen to the game. <laughs> so I could listen to the game. And uh, I, I did that, that, whole, uh, that whole season was magical. It's, it's so cool that Balfour Rage like really became a thing when, when, 2012, when the 2012 A's were doing what they were doing. Yeah, it was uh, it was so special. I uh, that that game one sixty two, another game. I wish it was a roller coaster game. We were down five zip because AJ had a rough start, and Evan Scrimder just comes in and just wipes out, saves a day for the team. Uh, and then yeah, I'll never forget Vince's call on that one. Vince has had some very famous calls. The he dropped it, mm-hmm. he dropped it, he dropped the baseball. It's just ah, oh, Catronio. It's amazing how many of his clips of a lot. Of, some of the Twitter people are like sharing a lot of that stuff right now, and it's fun. We just hearing those again, reliving those again. It's just it's been nice. And that twelve season, I'll never. Yeah, it's it'll always be something I forever remember. It's just a shame the A's kept running into the Tigers and, and Verlander in Game Five, both of those years, tw- twelve and thirteen. Yeah, I mean the two thousand twelve season too. I don't understand how we had the better record, and for some reason we started off on the road. That's the only year they did that, and it's still, to this day, if we started the home, the A's would have won that series. That's not, right. It was two and then three, right? Correct. Two and I don't three at home. Yeah, I don't know why we had to start in Detroit when we had the better record. I still don't understand MLB's format thinking that year. It made no sense. It's like we did all this work to be the best team, like the best in the West and a better record, and we're starting in Detroit. Why? So I, I still blame Bud Selig. One of the things I blame Bud Selig for in Major League Baseball for that wonderful schedule faux pas but what can you do you mentioned the game 162 in, in 2012 do any other games like stand out to you you've been going to games since 2005 do any other A's games stand out to you well I mean regularly right field 05 well before that too but I mean oh man let's see Braden's perfecto I will never ever forget that Mr. Stockton 209 Dallas Braden right, that was I was working as one of those wonderful fan photographers that game I was actually going around asking people to want their photo for the A's fan site. That was the worst job you could ever have. It made me hate going to the Coliseum. I'll tell you that. That's that's how bad it was. And um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, just I was walking around paying attention to the game. I shouldn't have because I get radioed in my ears saying, "Why aren't you moving around taking photos?" I'm like, "He's throwing something really special right now." And they're like, "What's that?" I'm like, "I can't tell you what he's doing because uh, I didn't want to. I don't. I believe in that curtain." Yeah, I believe in that curse of that jinx. I don't want to say it because uh, I believe in it because I've had a friend tell me before in like 2003, he said something like, oh, this guy's running no hitter, next pitch, hit. And my, I just looked at him and was like, you've got to be kidding me. So, yeah, I don't jinx that stuff. Unless it's a visiting player, then I'll jinx it all day. I have no problem with that. But um, Braden's, I mean, all the walk-offs will always be special. And, but the, out of that 2012 season, the Coco Chris walk-off in the playoff game, when we were down, they came back, come back, come back, and Coco's walk-off or the Ray Fossey scream occurred when uh, Garcia bobbled the ball. You're Fossey screaming on the radio. I'll never forget that. But, yeah, the 12 season, you know, the 12 seasons is, like, some of the greatest memories you could have. Yeah. And then Mania and Fires no-nos. I was there for those. So those were great as well. You, you, sit through, you sat through the light outage? I, yeah, I, well, I drank through the light outage, so yes. <laughs> Dude, we, I wish we could have switched places, man. I mean, we were in the booth for two – However long, you know, hour, 50 minutes or whatever, we weren't sure the yeah. game was going to be played. Oh, I kept hearing from different people because I saw Chris Giles when he was with the team. I saw him talk to him, and he's like, I don't know, Will. I'm like, okay. Uh, I saw some of the other staffers, and like, 
I heard so many people say, oh, it's going to be canceled. Just wait for the announcement. Then others like, oh, no, we're playing. So it was like, do I go get another beverage or do I wait? Because every time we had like a weird, like some rain outs, I'd have just usually gone to get my beer. And all of a sudden said the game's canceled. So I'm like, oh, I got to chug this. So uh, I was really hesitant to get another one. But then they said we we're going to play. So then, yeah, we were all uh, hanging on the treehouse and all over the stadium uh, getting beverages, waiting to find out if we're going to play. And then we did. I'm sure glad we did, to say the least. How many games a year for you, major leagues uh, and minor leagues? Let's see, between majors, minors, fall ball, spring training, and college, close to 200 a year. Wow. You are a true baseball fan, man. Yeah, I'm a, uh, well, that's putting it nicely. I, a lot of people say junkie, and that's probably the case, too. But, man, it's been odd only seeing two baseball games this year <laughs> compared to what I normally do. What, what were the baseball games you saw this year? Uh, Chabot, <laughs> a junior college, and a Cal State East Bay game. That's all oh, wow. I got through this year. I know Chabot well, dude. I, I played at, at uh, DBC. So there you go. I love JC oh, baseball. I love JC Nice. There you yeah. go. Yeah, JC ball is actually a blast. A lot of people are kind of like, it can't be that great. There's a, I mean, there's some you're kind of like, oof, it's not good. But you see a lot of kids that actually have that potential to move up to D1, D2, or even in the minor leagues. I think JC baseball is going to be even better this year because of what's happened with uh, – Division one college baseball guys getting an extra year. I think you're going to see some division one prospects from high school or maybe guys that wanted to be drafted, go to a JC and become draft eligible. I think, I think next year is going to be the best JC baseball has been in a long time. I agree with you 100% with that. So I'm going to try to check out more programs because I've only gone to Chabot because it's right down the street from my apartment. But um, yeah, I'm going to try to check out some other programs. It's going to be a lot of good baseball for sure. It's the perfect time to purchase a new car today at Chase Chevrolet. Take advantage now of model year-end inventory reduction prices and supplier pricing on select 2019 vehicles. You can always count on Chase Chevrolet for the best prices, best service, and easiest car buying experience. And now, back to our episode. Okay, so I know you don't only you know, go to A's games to the Coliseum. I know you've gone to quite a few visiting parks. I think you told me 16. Is that right? Before, yeah. we, before I hit record here? Okay, so... Give me your favorites that you've been to. What, what are your top three outside of the Coliseum? Top three outside the Coliseum are PNC and Pittsburgh. Absolutely, probably the best ballpark in all of baseball. I know a lot of people like to say the Giants ballpark, but I don't think the Giants ballpark really is that great. And that's not just trying to be a uh, biased person baseball-wise because it's the Giants. But I just – I don't really care for Pac Bell, AT&T, SBC, Phone Company Park, Oracle Park. I don't care for it very much. But, I mean, Pittsburgh's just – Perfect on the Allegheny River, just beautiful stadium. Great, uh, you see the Brit Roberto Clemente Bridge in the background, and all the like all the downtown businesses, mm -hmm. just absolutely stunning. Uh, Petco Park, I love the old brick building in left field. I mean, that park is incredible. And probably my third favorite would probably be I mean, I've been to so many of them, it's hard to actually rate some like do it that way, but I'll probably say Target Field in Minnesota. I've heard Target Field is incredible. It's, I mean, it's great. It sucks in the summertime, especially last year. There was one game where it was 95 degrees with 92% humidity. Oh my that God. sucked. I found out I was sweating in places I didn't know you could sweat. I was like, this is unreal. And, uh, I mean, it's a beautiful stadium. And they also caught me last year on TV eating donuts. So that was great. And Fossey gave me a hard time. I saw that. I saw that game. How yeah. quick does that get back to you? Like uh, it gets back to me quick. It gets back to me very quickly. But the craziest part about that was they, they use that as stock footage from the game before 
the screw of me. So that's, that tells you how much, uh, I guess, Ray Fossey and uh, Kuiper, they like to get at me if they can. So it was entertaining. <laughs> I love it. Those three ballparks actually kind of share a similarity. You know, I mean, they're all right downtown. You've got the skyline in the back and all three of them. Uh, obviously, they're, they're all brand new and they're open. What I, that's what I love about new ballparks right now, Will. And I, I've only been, you know, to probably a few. I've been to Petco. I, I like um, T-Mobile Park in Seattle a lot. Absolutely. Um, it, but PNC and, and Target, uh, I've been to Camden Yards too. But they're, they're all open in center field, which, I mean, if the A's get their way at Howard Terminal, we're going to get the same type of deal. But I, I just kind of love that openness. And, you know, it, it just feels like you're at a baseball game, right? You're not staring at concrete. You're not staring at a bowl. Um, that's what baseball should feel like. 100% absolutely. And, I mean, the wider concourse is a great where you don't have to worry about running into people. That's a great point. Yeah. You can still see the game really well from wherever you are in that stadium. They made it – they make it – they make them a lot better now with that. You could basically be in the concourse anywhere in those stadiums in the lower bowl and you can see everything perfectly. And I'll tell you, the worst stadium I've ever been to – and it's not the Coliseum, it's the Tropicana Field in Tampa. That is a weird place to watch a baseball game, let alone a double header. And this, it, it was an odd place to be in there for 18 innings, 19 you innings. A, you did a double header. Because, like, I've been to T-Mobile when the, when the roof is closed. It doesn't feel like you're inside. But I've also seen a game at the Kingdome when I was a kid. And that I agree with you. It's a weird experience. Oh, it really is. I mean, it was a, that's the reason why I went to Tampa, because they scheduled it as a double header. I'm like, i got to check this out. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean – no really other reason to go to Tampa or St. Petersburg technically and be in there watching the game. It felt like I was watching baseball indoors for 19 innings. At least I found a great beer vendor who kept hooking us up with free beer. We oh. buy one, get one free from him. And oh man, it was a 19 inning crazy experience. And yeah, St. Petersburg is actually a pretty, I mean, it's a stadium you've got to knock off your list, but it's, I hope they get a new one as well. Cause they need it bad. Badly. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully they're able to get a new one there instead of moving, right? I mean, that, that would be uh, the best. So I, I do have one question about Pittsburgh. What about the city? Like, because I think PNC is, is high on everybody's list. So Pittsburgh as a city, it, does it, does it kind of – does it check all the boxes? You know, is it worth it to go out to Pittsburgh to watch a Pirates game if you're making that four- or five-hour flight? I, I enjoyed my time there immensely. There was a lot of great – historical places to check out um i mean i was there with a lot of my friends too so i mean make yeah. sure you go i think with all your road trips you do try to go with people because it makes it a lot more of an enjoyable experience as a whole and then i mean the pittsburgh nightlife was actually really entertaining as well i was stunned by that i was then also the sharks from the playoffs at the time so was able to go to bars and watch the sharks play as well big hockey so, town I mean, I mean they love their hockey i mean they, i was actually amazed i didn't even had to ask for it to get put on like even here in the bay area they get hockey put on you have to ask for it a mm-hmm. lot mm-hmm. there they just had it on hockey is huge there it's because i mean it's a very blue collar uh blue collar city like it's it's a working man's town it looks like a beautiful i mean every every like i said every time i see a pnc or watch a steelers game kind of the rolling green hills it just looks like a beautiful i would love to go someday oh the backdrop there in pittsburgh is absolutely amazing and from yeah. what i hear is it's green all year because i mean they get plenty of rain yeah so it doesn't change like here in the tri valley or uh out in stock where the hills turn brown because we don't get much rain from like May to October. Yeah. Okay. So I, I know you also spend quite a bit of time banner on ballpark during the summers now. Uh, so uh, what do you miss most about going to sports games? Oh, I miss just seeing all the 
all the up and coming Oakland athletics. I miss interacting with the coaching staff. I mean, we had a great one there last year with uh, Webster Webby. Garrison. Love Webby. I mean, that, that guy could tell you stories for days. He, he's a great man. I'm hoping he's doing better. From what I hear, he is. I'm glad for that. Uh, Chris Smith was great. Uh, I was excited for Bobby Crosby this year. But, I mean, again, I've seen so many guys from that are on the A's now that I've seen play at Banner Island. That's the best thing about it. You get to see the future for a great price. And you, you earn, like, the best ballpark in the Cal League. Because, I mean, all the other parks up north, no offense to them, are a little on the older side. So you get to really enjoy a newer ballpark here in the north. And even down south, the only stadium I think can compare to the greatness that is Banner Island is probably Lake Elsinore. I've heard. So how many Cal League ballparks have you been to? Uh, all the north ones and two of the south ones, uh, Lake Elsinore and Rancho Cucamonga. Okay. So – well, that's interesting. So I know I know all the all the northern ones are are uh, a little older, but you'd say without a doubt, like Banner Island is is your favorite the favorite ball your favorite ballpark that you've been to in the Cal League. Oh, absolutely. by far it is. I mean, it's it's the newest one. The concourses are wide. It, the weather's usually always pretty darn nice. Even when it's hot, you could always go find a place to hide in the shade. There's so much shade there at the ballpark. And again, the staff there at Banner Island does all they can to make it a great game day experience for you. I mean, tickets up to the general manager. They do a, a fantastic job at the ballpark. So no complaints about anything about the game day experience or anything else there at Banner Island. What's your favorite concession item? Have you done the asparagus? I have done the deep fried asparagus. That's pretty, that was pretty dang great to say the least. Uh, I'm pretty boring when it comes down to that. It's usually the chicken tenders and get myself a, beer at the craft beer stand and I'm happy and can sit there and just watch baseball. Love it. Love it. And I, we've, we've had an announcement, right, with the ports that there will be a new uh, kind of con a new concession provider this year. So, or whenever we get baseball again. So we'll see uh, how that shakes out. Um, the 360 concourse for me at Banner Island is something that sets it apart. I can't imagine there's many single A stadiums in, in the country. And I know there's none in the Cali that have a 360 degree concourse. No, there's not. That's huge. I mean, you can actually go out by the bull, actually watch guys warm up in the bullpen, like really clearly, like standing above them. It's kind of, I mean, that's spectacular in its own right. The new scoreboard's going to be, I can't wait to see that beauty because it's, it was needed. So I cannot wait to see the new scoreboard and just, again, see the great fans there at the stadium. There are a lot of, <clears throat> there are a lot of passionate Ports fans that go day in, day yeah. out. So yeah, there really I, are. I, I miss seeing all those people at the stadium and yeah, I miss, Miss seeing everybody there, man. It's it's been this is crazy. Never thought again. Like I said earlier, never thought we'd be going through this. I I should be at Banner Island like later today probably, but no, we got to do this instead. By the way, today is a week from the scheduled All Star Game. We're, we're recording this here on June sixteenth. It's a week from the scheduled All Star Game at Banner Island Ballpark, and uh, you know I don't again I don't want to be doom and gloom. I'm just telling you the facts. And there would have been a home uh, the finale of a five game series at home today against Inland Empire, who of course houses the Angels prospects. Was, was there a guy? Uh, that, that you think was going to suit it up for the ports this year that you were really looking forward to seeing? Uh, I was more looking, let's see. I was looking forward to see Logan Davison. Yes. I was really looking forward to see him because, I mean, shortstop's an interesting topic in the A's organization right now. Who's going to – I mean, we know the A's too well, and re-signing free agents is usually not something they do for the most part, especially a high-priced one like Marcus Simeon's going to be. But I was looking forward to see what he did. I know he wouldn't make it to Oakland next year, but I know he's not – he's a college bat and a college shortstop, so he's mm -hmm. not that far away probably from it. 
But um, he's the one I was really excited to see. And I know Austin Beck probably would have been back this year, and I think he probably would have had a breakout season. So I'm disappointed we don't get to see that either. Did you get to catch any of Nick Allen this past oh, year? Oh, man. Nick Allen was a stud. I was I've the game where he nothing, got injured. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about Nick Allen. Oh, he's, he's the one I think it actually legitimately could fill Marcus Simeon's shoes. I know he's the second baseman, so that's shortstop. I even saw him in the fall league. He was playing some third. So he, I think they're trying to get him to be an all-over-the-infield kind of guy. But, he, man, his defense is probably the most stellar defense I've ever seen from somebody come through Stockton. And there's been some great players that have come through there. But Nick Allen, his range, his arm, absolute stud. And his bat was starting to get better, too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he really could be the Marcus Simeon's replacement. Speaking of if that, if, if, that, if that happens, if that happens, right. Speaking of Webby, I remember when I was filling in for for Zach last year before one of the games in Modesto, which I saw you at, by the way. I saw you at one of those games in Modesto. Absolutely. Uh, before one of those games, I remember talking to him about Nick Allen because I didn't get to see him at all uh, outside of a series I did earlier for the Modesto Nuts earlier in the year. Uh, but he called him his spark plug. He said he's a leader. We know about his defense. Like, I mean, I know Melissa Lockard and plenty of other people have told me that he could play the shortstop in the big leagues defensively right now. Uh, and probably even when he was drafted, I saw him hit a home run in spring training this year. I mean, the, the, this guy, he would have been an all-star if he wasn't an all-star in the Cal league a year ago. Um, there's a lot to be excited about with this guy and that position in general. I mean, I think people saw flashes of Jeremy Ironman uh, a year ago in Stockton. And like you said, we we're excited to see Logan Davidson. It just seems to be a position of strength right now in the A system. I mean, they've got a surplus at the shortstop position. I mean, and you know what, baseball, you always need that next man up mentality. So, I mean, it's good to have that, especially position of need in the system. Because, uh, again, like I've said, we've already said a few times, Marcus being a potential free agent, you were going to need somebody big time to step into that position and produce. I want to get to your hat collection, man. All right. Actually, before we do that, I, you, you mentioned being at the ballpark and, and, you know, being at Banner Island Ballpark and, you know, seeing all the people there. How, how cool have the virtual happy hours been? Because, you know, every time I'm on one of those things, it seems like it is really well attended and there's people chiming in on Facebook and it, it almost feels like you're at the ballpark without being at the ballpark. Well, they've done a great job with that. And I love seeing Luke, Christine, and all the people from the staff there. Mm-hmm. You as well. It's just good seeing – it's just good kind of having that feeling of, like, I still get to see the people in a way. Because, uh, yeah, you're used to seeing them at the stadium every darn day, and then you don't. It really leaves a big void. Like, even in the bleachers and all of us, we try to do these Zoom meetings, see each other, because, yeah, it is it is a big void not seeing the people you see close to 100 times a year, and is now there's almost zero. It's, it's really tough. Man, I hear you. And I was really looking forward to, like, getting to know everybody you know, and like kind of immersing myself in, in the Stockton community. Cause I'm a Northern California guy. I grew up in Oakland uh, and I was really looking forward to just kind of getting into a new baseball community and, and being still being part of the A's family and immersing myself in those people that you'd see every single day. I was really looking forward to that. But the, I mean, the virtual happy hours have been as good as we can do right now. And you're right. Luke's done a great job with those, but I was really looking forward to, to uh, you know, immersing myself in something new there in Stockton. Yeah, you. As soon as you get there, man, you're gonna you're gonna be just fine. You really are. We're looking forward to have you there full time. I'm looking forward to hear you full time. I still can't believe you got to call a no hitter though. That I mean, Zach was there for like so many years, and you got to call a no hitter. Like, yeah, he was there 14, 15 years, and you got to call a no no. That, that's incredible. He leaves for nine games. Nine games. 
never had a no hitter. And he told me he was at the, I think he was at the blackjack table in, uh, in Reno and uh, his wife texts him and, and she says, you know, I hope you're seeing what your team's doing right now. And I think he said he, he didn't have, he didn't have reception on the casino floor. So he got it when he like went to the bathroom. Um, and he, Zach's a nice guy, right? He, he'll tell me over and over again. Uh, you know, if, if anybody got it, I'm glad you did. Uh, I just, I feel terrible, man. That he's there for 14 years, doesn't get one no hitter. And then he, I mean, granted, he was calling AAA games, but he leaves for nine days. And actually, that was the day that he would have come back. He had a day off, and he was considering coming back to do that game. <laughs> I was in Minnesota, so I was listening to you in Conway's live stream. I stayed one extra day to make sure I was there with my goddaughter and uh, my best friend and all that stuff. And, yeah, I'm downstairs, and I'm sitting there like, I should have been coming home today, too, and I missed a no-no at the stadium. Damn it. <laughs> it was unfortunate, but That's baseball, yeah, you got to man. call it. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was, it was unforgettable. And hopefully we'll have a lot more unforgettable moments, uh, you know, in Stockton in, in, in the coming future. Hey, I want, so I want to talk about your hat collection because, you know, anyone who follows you on Twitter, right field will 149, uh, you know, they see you have a, a hat of the day a lot of times. Right now you got, looks like an A's postseason road cap. Is that right? Yeah. A's postseason road cap. Uh, so how many hats in your collection? Uh, it's got to be close to 500 hats. A lot of them don't fit as well as they used to because yeah. my, my head's kind of grown with the, uh, con the drinking issue. So I got to work on that a little bit to get myself back in shape. But, uh, yeah, they used to have a great custom hat stand at the Coliseum. Used to buy a lot of those hats, all the different colors, which I look at some of the color combinations I have now. I'm like, why'd I buy that? <laughs> but, uh, then working in the hat store, hat club in Concord, and buying all the custom ace hats we do, it's it's in random teams as well. Never will buy a Giants hat, so don't worry about that. But uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy dude. the amount of hats I have, and I look back and go, "Well, that's a lot of money too." But uh, what, okay, so what what's the most obscure? You said the color combinations. What's what's the most obscure color combination that you that you purchased? I think it was a royal blue with a navy A with a wow. gold outline. That sounds that was a, that was a different one. Okay, what's your favorite ports hat? Oh, five o'clock doc, without a doubt. The alternate logo. I wish it almost turned that into the permanent full-time home logo. Because, I mean, you have the rivet holes in the back of the jersey the, with the number. Um, it's just the, the, the glow green with the rope outlined on the, on the sleeve. It's just, I mean, and he's, I mean, he's got a freaking fighting asparagus stick. I mean, what, what's better than that? It's amazing. I mean, it fits Stockton well. It's rough and rugged. It's, it's amazing. It, it just fits. They need to wear that more often. So would I be remiss in saying that your favorite Ports jersey is the 5 o'clock Doc jersey? Without a doubt, man. as the best jersey, I think, in the California League as well. It just, it just again, it works. It's right up there with Inland, Inland Empire's uh, oil stain on the back of the jersey. Okay. It just, it's perfect. I got to check out the oil standards. Yeah, that's, I, I'm a big uniform <laughs> guy, Will. I haven't immersed myself in the Cal League uniforms quite yet. All right, well, when you get the chance, you're going to see what I'm talking about. The Inland Empire also ranks up there pretty high. It's pretty, pretty great. Okay, so give me – how many jerseys do you have in your collection? Because I know, you know like, for, for a lot of hats you have, you've got a matching jersey as well, which is kind of how you need to do it. So how many jerseys in the collection? Uh, jersey collection-wise, it's got to be close to 100, 130 A's jerseys, about 20-some-odd porch jerseys. If not, actually more than that, I'm sorry. It's probably close to 50 portraits of all the custom ones they've done over the years. Yeah. With, uh, I mean, all the way down to Be the ugliest one I have is Beatles Night. Whoever thought that was a good idea with the ports, I'm, I'm sorry. That was terrible. It, all the peace signs and everything else. But um, 
yeah, about 50 portraits of a bunch of hockey jerseys, the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, way mm -hmm. too many jerseys. The main closet in my apartment was meant for clothes. It's meant for my jerseys. What's the most obscure? Because I've seen you in a Ryan Lamar jersey, dude. And Ryan Lamar, for those of you who don't know, played three games. And I think I have that right, right? Yeah, three games or so three with the games. Athletic. Three games. I looked it up. Three games. He was 0 for 7 in 2017. Is that the most obscure A's jersey or Ports jersey that you have? Probably not. No. I mean, I have like a Philip Humber A's jersey, a Nick Buss, uh, Curtis Thigpen. I mean, Did there's Phillip some Humber really. never play a game in an A's uniform? Never played a game. They had it made for him, but he never played a game in an A's jersey. I had to get it because he threw a perfect game. So I saw that jersey. I'm like, I'll take that. So that there's, there's, I mean, I have a Ray Fossey jersey with a 50 anniversary patch they sold. So, I mean, need that one. Ray's the man. Ray is the man. I mean, there's, yeah, my jersey collection's got some obscure ones. Like, I mean, former Port hitting coach Tommy Everidge have a couple of his. Uh, Bobby Kramer, former Port, one game, a couple games in the big leagues. I go, I try to go random because I like people talking about those. And my favorite one of all, JJ Fermaniac. Never heard of him. Who is that? He played with the A's in 2007 for like. 15 at bats. I just love the last name for Maniacs. It's just, it sounded great. So I have a couple <laughs> of dudes. That is a good one. Oh, man. Will, this has been so much fun, dude. I, I really appreciate the time. You see this guy at, uh, at the A's game in right field or better yet at Banner Island Ballpark. If you can, sit down and have a beer with him, man. It's been a great conversation, dude. You're a great baseball fan. And I, I'm looking forward to hearing your PA, uh, your, the dulcet tones over the PA. I'm kind of jealous of your voice. Uh, I appreciate it. I hear that a lot. But, uh, trust me, I have a face for radio. You actually could be a great TV person. I'd be good. I'm good behind a microphone and nobody sees me. That's what, that's where you got to put me. I don't know, man. I disagree. I, I, I love, like I said, I love the dulcet tones. I can't wait to hear you on the, on the ports PA system. Cause I know we get that a few times a year at Banner Island. Absolutely. I mean, I'm fall I, when I get the chance to do it, I realize I'm following some pretty big footsteps behind iron Mike and he's yeah. the man. So I'm going to, I'm sad he's retired, but. I hope to do a few games, and I can't wait to do it again. Can't wait to try to learn some of the names from you that the names I will probably not be able to pronounce to save my life, so I'll be bugging you a few times about that. <laughs> well, you know right where I sit, man. Heck, yeah, I do. I can't wait, man. Will, thanks so much, dude. I can't wait till baseball's back. I can't wait to see you out at Banner Island Ballpark. I appreciate the time. Stay sane right now, dude. Uh, that's that's, that's going to be tough, but I'll do my absolute best, Alex. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Portside Pod. If there are topics or interview subjects you'd like to hear on future episodes, tweet at me, at ajensen86. The Portside Pod is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other platforms, as well as at our home, anchor.fm slash Stockton ports. You can also visit the Ports website at stocktonports.com and follow the Ports on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social media platforms. Until next time, I'm Alex Jensen. Please stay safe, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of the Portside Pod. Side pod.